0: My name is Fortune Teller Baba, and you're listening to the Hermit Style Podcast. Now, where's my brother? I need my ten zenny back with fifty-seven years interest. Welcome to the Hermit Style Podcast. Talking
1: all about the Dragon Ball Supercard game. From competitive play to the world of collecting, with your host, Jimmy Bacon. Yo, yo, yo! What is up, everybody? Hermit Style Podcast. We are back. It is Sunday, April 10th, recording on a Sunday. I actually might have to change the recording schedule um, because I started a new job recently, but we will see how that all plays out. But, we are back. I apologize for not being on uh, last week. Uh, like I said, started a new job. Life has been crazy, but it's getting back on track. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to be back. We got Jay, chief captain of the Kami House security team on with us. What's up, Jay?
0: Hey, how's it going?
1: Um, and Jay is just coming off a big top at the PPG event.
0: Yeah, it was it was a good event. We had a lot of fun, and we'll go through all that good stuff. It's, it was a trip. It was a trip. Oh
1: <laughs> yeah, and I, uh, I just topped the case tournament here in Virginia Beach. Um, if you didn't know, our locals, Comet Kings, does a case tournament pretty much every new set release. So uh, Mike runs that here. We had fun. I topped. Mike topped. Um, Sean, who is the newest member of B-Team on Hermit Style, uh, actually went undefeated in the tournament, so that was fun. And actually, oh, I have to tell this story before we jump onto the news because this was this was I don't know. I always think it's really funny when people rage IRL. It's like kind of my favorite thing in card games. Um, like those memories just stick with me always. Like they're the most memorable things of events for me. And <laughs> so, at the beginning of the tournament, right? Mike always announces the rules of the tournament. And last time, so last case tournament, some players who traveled to our tournament got mad because we weren't going by Bandai rules. So we were like, all right, we'll just go by Bandai rules because that's what people want, I guess. So this time we were like, yeah, we're playing till there's one undefeated because that's Bandai rules. We're not doing set number of rounds. Everyone's like, all right, cool. So we thought it would be five rounds, but after the fourth round, there was only one undefeated. So we were like, "All right, tournament's over. There's only one undefeated." So we start setting up to give everybody prizing, and this dude walks up and was like, "Isn't there another round?" And we we're like, "No, there's there's only one undefeated left, man." And he just runs off and goes, "This is effing bullshit!" and and just like storms out of the shop. I literally I've never seen this person in my life. I have no idea who he was. He came out of nowhere, and just got so mad. And I was like why is this guy like what was his record they're like x2 i was like so you went two and two and you're i was like bro <laughs> if we had one more round you still wouldn't have topped <laughs> like it was only a five round tournament there's a small chance you maybe bubble in if there's another round but i was like that like who's complaining when you literally went 50 50 on the day right like you lost yeah. as many games as you won and you're up, be upset with yourself my guy like <laughs>
0: I don't know. He's he's an enigma, kind of like the Pasadena crackhead. He just he's there, he makes a scene, <laughs> and then he vanishes.
1: Yeah, and he, I didn't know what happened to him. Like I swear, he like the door was to the right. He walked to the left, and then he was just gone. And I was like, <laughs> what? What is this? Like, I don't know. It it was like real wild. And Mike was like, didn't I say that at start? And everyone was like, yes, he said that at the start of the tournament. And I don't know. It, I thought it was hilarious just because he he was very upset, but. If you're listening, um, you know, I'm sorry. I guess I don't know. You should probably be a better sport. <laughs> but uh, anyway, last time listener, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It like turns out to be like a frequent member of the Discord. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Uh, anyways, I just thought that was a funny story to kick off this show. So let's jump into the news.
0: News from the lookout.
1: All right, so news, we have some, we're some. we backed up a little bit on news, so we'll try and get through this as quick as possible. Um, before I do, I want to shout out our sponsor, Manscaped. Look, guys, if you are not using Manscaped, you're doing yourself a disservice. You need the groom, you need to take care of yourself. It's important. There's something like 90 plus percent of significant others prefer it when their partner is groomed proper. <laughs> So real stat on the manscape page, I forget the exact number. You can check it out, but check out their products. They have razors. They have deodorant. They keep you looking fresh. They keep you smelling clean. They even have, I think they call it a weed whacker and it like takes care of all those nose hairs. Like, come on. You don't want to be playing cards and you're just, your opponent has to look at just hair just piling out of your, we don't want that. We don't want that. Don't be the smelly dude at tournaments. Don't be the gross dude at tournaments. Get yourself Manscaped. They've got the new 4.0 Razor. It's amazing. I have it. I use it. It is truly good. There's even a light on it. So, you know, you're in the dark. It doesn't matter. Your power goes out. You still have Manscaped there for you, baby. Um, but check them out. You can go to manscaped.com use our code hermit style. You get 20% off plus free shipping Again, that is promo code hermit style 20% off free shipping at manscaped.com Okay, so on to the news Uh, there was some so we have both fest events have finished um, we had texas and miami for here at least here in the states, right and um, texas had a ton of controversy ton of controversy um we're not gonna go like crazy into it because it's just not worth it it's been discussed over and over already for weeks now but basically two people were told um if they were to draw like if they were to just not show up to their table they would get a draw um and they're like all right well let's just go eat so they went to go eat and then, um, or actually, all right, so I've heard conflicting stories. I also heard they were actually just told that they would get a double game loss, and they were just fine with that because they wanted to go eat. So I was like, okay, like, whatever. So, and I mean, how you can't fault the players, right? The TO is telling you, like, okay, here's what will happen. If you're okay with that, you can go. And they're like, all right, bet. like, Let's go grab some food. We should top either way. And um, so it turns out they can't give them a double game loss. Um, they have to give a draw. And because of the draw, it like messed up everything pretty much. And there were people who were X1 in like an eight or seven round tournament or something that didn't top. And I'm like, okay, that's crazy. Like guy from Comic Kings that raged. If that was the case, you have every right to rage. Uh, Seven, eight round tournament. You only have one loss. Don't top. That's literally insane. Uh, so yeah, the whole thing was like really poorly handled. Thankfully there was a good resolution. Players were compensated. Everyone I believe who was X2 received prizing. So that was really, really cool of them. So shout out to the TO shout out to Joku, who apparently was the one who led the fight to make it right for everybody. Um, but yeah, regardless for one, the TO should have never allowed that to happen. Like that's just ridiculous. And there were other things going on in that event. I've heard, They didn't even have deck lists for the event. Like, come on, come on. Like you can't say inexperience is why you didn't know that you had to have someone support a deck list. That's just, that's standard. Like that's silly. You need a written deck list so you can prove what the deck list was. Um, so yeah, apparently it was a mess. (laughs) Uh, The Miami event was supposedly much better. But regardless, this play till undefeated rule is like really bad. And we're actually in today's main topic going to talk about what we would do to fix organized play because it is an issue. It is truly an issue. There's no reason someone X1 shouldn't top a large event. That's absolutely ridiculous. And um, yeah, so. Anyways, if you're running what the controversy, was that is like the too long didn't read version. Um, I wasn't there. I have all secondhand info, so you know, take what I'm saying with a grain of salt. That's just the gist of things. But um, but yeah. Uh, other than that, uh, as far as the new format goes, we have a lot more results. We talked about that on an evening with Hermit Style, which will be dropping. So check that out if you want to hear more talk on actual numbers as far as like what is doing well what is not uh but basically red is just the force to be reckoned with in the meta um kp and u seven are like killing it uh we have ultimate squad reveals so they've already started new set reveals uh, i personally think it's a little early i don't know why they're doing them this or like everything feels like it keeps getting earlier for these reveals like it's like we just get a set and then reveals start um it was like that for this past set as well. I personally would like a little bit more time in between, and others share that same sentiment. Not the biggest deal in the world, but it is what it is. Uh, and then we finally got new events, which some people are frustrated with because it said in their little time frame that it'll at least alluded. It appeared there would be events in April, which there are not. So that. That really sucks because by the time these new events start up, we're already like prepping for the new format and people spent money on these decks that maybe they wouldn't play. Um, you know, like people are buying KP because they were like, Oh, I'll play KP in April. Well, if they can't play it in April, there's no online events in May, and then KP gets banned. Like, okay, that feels really bad, right? So there really should be events in April. That's what we we're all hoping for. And if there weren't going to be, they never should have put April on the website. Like. It's that simple, right? So anyways, here are the events. If you're interested in playing in any, these are all IRL events. There currently are not any new webcam regionals named, but these are all regional level events. We've got May 1st is Core TCG in San Diego. May 7th is a top cut event and glute. Goodlitzville, Tennessee, uh, June 8th is Origins Game Fair, and then July 29th to 31st is Otakon. Uh, there was also talks that Gen Con will have a tournament as always, and supposedly the prizing is fire. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's just the rumor that is going around, so if you are intending to go to Gen Con, I wouldn't wait if uh, you know you need to get your event tickets. or how I've never been, so I don't know how it works. I would love to go, but... It's too far for me um, to make the trip, at least for this year. So uh, for our folks not in the States, Oceana has an event May 1st. TAC Games is running it. And then Europe has an event June 3rd. I believe it's like June 3rd and June 5th. So maybe there's two events. I don't know. Uh, but it's at the UK Games Expo. So I'm assuming it's similar to like our Origins style event. But. Anyways, those are all of the events that I know of that have been announced that are regional events that should get you an invite, should you top. So um, we have all of that good stuff to look forward to. And yeah, that wraps up my news. So with that said, we're gonna jump into our main topic. We're gonna talk about Jay's top at PPG. And then um, this is gonna be our open letter to Bandai on how to fix your game. <laughs> Here we go.
0: Turtle School Weekly Focus.
1: All right, so Jay, I'm going to pass the torch to you. Um, I know you did a video on the Attack on Productions YouTube channel, so if you guys want to hear like a really in-depth talk on his deck profile and his matchups, you can check out that video. Uh, it's very well made. Those guys always have very high-quality production, so I guess that's in their name, right? But, <laughs> but yeah, you can uh, go check that out. But um, yeah, I just wanted to give Jay the opportunity to talk a little bit about the event. Anything that maybe you didn't mention in the video, and just maybe like a a, a summarized version <laughs> of how it went, how you did, what you played.
0: For sure, yeah. So I took KP down to Louisville, Kentucky, for the PPG Pro I uh, was the Pro Play Tour uh, event. It was a pretty good turnout. I think we had close to ninety people. Ran by PPG, and um, the event itself was just fantastically run really enjoyed playing um some some interesting folks some interesting deck choices throughout the format uh things we didn't expect to see but i ended up going x2 um it was i think it was eight rounds total and uh had there been the one undefeated rule as opposed to the uh play the set number of rounds i would have actually topped so uh, or actually i would have finished uh, i think top like five or six somewhere in there i only had the one loss so um we'll have some interesting perspective on what the benefit of the play x number of rounds and, and the... <laughs> jay said
1: it's easy i top
0: <laughs> yeah ba- i mean basically like it was cool but it's just like i i was i was the person who didn't benefit from that from the one undefeated rule for once and i'm not upset about it we'll talk about that here more but Um, On the day, it was interesting. A lot of Red U7. I think the guys touched on that in the evening with Hermit Style. It's just very Red dominated format right now. So if you're not playing Red, you need to play something that will beat Red or you're just going to have a bad time. And that was that was the experience. Um, Met a lot of awesome people. Long trip, though. Um, Glad to be home. And uh, the recovery was a couple of days long, but it was worth it.
1: Were there any, um, any like surprise decks that performed really well that you saw at the event that you didn't expect a to a lot?
0: Yeah. A lot of mill um Oh my God. I don't know why. Like, you know, I, I, you know, all
1: right, I can tell you why it's because people didn't play back in like set five or whenever mill came out and they like don't, haven't, they just don't know how to play against it. Cause they're not playing against it. Cause it's not a real deck. <laughs> like, yeah. Mil no, that's... is not a real deck guys. Like I get it there. It, it has room right now because there are decks that like fly through right now. Obviously, Red U7 bursts a lot, but once the Red U7 player goes, oh, I just won't burst, you do it for me, like, oh, will never just dies, huh? So I think they're just taking advantage of people that are inexperienced in the matchup, which I mean it's like a meme deck. It's it's literally like Android 18 mil. Mil Nemba. If I had this podcast two years ago, my hate for green go tanks th- <laughs> literally, you just Replace it with Mil Nemba. Like my hate was for Mil Nemba all the way up till set ten. Set ten Gringo Tanks came out. I was like, mm, this is the new deck I have to hate on. So yeah, you will never hear me say positive things about either deck. But I don't I don't think the deck is real. Like I, th- I think it's f- Even like I talked to a spear about it because he topped in a webcam regional. He's like, the deck isn't real. Like <laughs> even he said. So I'm like, bro, this is not a real deck. But anyway, sorry. Carry on.
0: Oh no, you're you're good. Uh it was so there was like four or five people. They were a group and they all played Mil Numba. And I can imagine their their test results were just amazing. It was just the most ridiculous thing. And I know that there were some people who just didn't know how to play against it. And that's why it performed, at least for one of them, better than expected. Otherwise, there wasn't... I think there was one Sin Shen around the top, but I don't know that he... It, there was multiple in the room, to be honest. Wow. Um, it was just a lot of a lot of red. I played three red U sevens. Um, I played one king piccolo. There's a lot of king piccolo. Jeez. Um, yeah, I mean, it was. I did play green go tanks. Um, you'll be happy <laughs> to know that he got washed. It, it bet, was my round I, one. I bet. <laughs> yeah. It was round one, and and I felt bad for the guy because you could tell he was just getting back. Because he played the game green just, go
1: tanks. That's why yeah, I that felt too. bad for. I mean,
0: it, oh man, I I was like, ah, oh, so I have to do this. Got it. Okay. But otherwise, like the tournament, it was uh, it, I tried to frame it in the context of we're playing a region. So I know with the Virginia Beach, you guys are very baby heavy, very control matchup heavy. So it, we're playing more towards the south. I'm I'm figuring there's some people from Texas that traveled and expected to see a lot of red. I did not expect to see any Milneba. And the fact that there were like four or five of them in the room is just outlandish. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that's crazy that's definitely crazy um well yeah well obviously did good you said he got 11th place right
0: yeah nice
1: nice well that's dope man so congratulations on that that is uh, um definitely a good showing for kp there um what were the matchups that you lost
0: i lost the mirror match uh that was my round the last round and then uh red u7 And both of my matchups that I lost, so in the KP, I just didn't see a Yamcha game three. It was uh, game one, he took it. Game two, I took it, went to game three, and I had four Yamchas in deck. And in the last 15 to 20 cards, all four of them were at the bottom. And that's just, that's tough, especially when you can't really control their board. You just kind of lose and and lost uh, that. The Red U7 matchup. a little embarrassed by um i didn't (laughs) particularly misplay but the man milled the red ss4 broly scr and i thought oh god i got this in the bag i didn't have it in the bag (laughs) it it was i bricked game three game one um i i washed him game two was a problem and and i just didn't see what needed to see and then game three i bricked so hard i didn't see a demon clan until turn three like how does that happen? Wow. yeah, I mean overall good experience, but those were the matchups. Um I was two and one on the day against Red U7, 0 and one against KP, and then it was Gotenks Trunks Jita, which I beat, and oh, I can't even remember what the last one is. It wasn't that's okay. Oh, it was a uh, red SS4 uh Vegeta or blue SS4 Vegeta and Okay, yeah, that I win the blue matchup.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh uh, well, cool. That's uh that's that is interesting though. So literally like fifty percent. Of your games were versus red, that's wild. Funny enough, yeah. in my case tournament, I'll get into that in the results of training. Fifty uh, percent of my matchups were also red, and even in Virginia Beach, so <laughs> red red is everywhere. Red red is the meta right now, and I so far from the reveals doesn't look like that is going anywhere. We got the the new GT deck revealed, so the com- I think at least on the Hermit style team, the common thought process is that KP is going to get hit and Red GT will take its place. Like, everyone that was playing KP is just going to play GT, and Red U7 is probably still a deck too, and those are just going to be the two now. Instead of KP and Red U7, it's just the new GT deck and Red U7. So, new GT deck seems crazy. It seems crazy. The buyouts have been real wild for it. Uh, Triple Flash, the SPRs, oh my god, I looked, because I'm interested in playing the deck. I love Triple Flash, so I was like, oh, baby. I looked, I was way too late. It was like day one, I was already too late on those SPRs, so I was like, mm, I don't know if I can play this deck without SPR triple flashes, <laughs> so that might take me out of it, but yeah, it is crazy, because we haven't seen red either in the format like this for a long time, like this prominent, I don't know if red's ever been this prominent actually,
0: like That week the red it was good maybe like yeah. that was everywhere for like a couple of weeks. And then once people learned to play around it, except me and Zach, of course, um, <laughs> then it just kind of died out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like, obviously, I wasn't playing at this time, but when Red KV uh, was a deck, everyone oh, yeah. was playing that. Um, but I mean, that didn't even get it that didn't even get a chance to do anything. It got banned like immediately, so that's just whatever. And then
0: yeah, that I was its know? own fake format. Like there was nothing that was there for, you know, a flash in the pan a couple weeks and then once they realized what they'd done and people started exploiting Bellmod, that was that was gone. It yeah. had to be.
1: Yeah, so here here we are. Here we are. Red red is finally uh finally the dominant color. Pretty crazy. So All right. Anyways, I guess we can uh, we can pivot here and transition into what Bandai needs to do to fix organized play. Um, This is actually inspired by Joey's video. If you guys did not check it out, uh, Joey Crossroads TCG, I'm sure he does not need an introduction. Um, He put out a video on basically why the current organized play rules are not good for the health of the game and are creating a poor player experience. And he put out basically all of his thoughts on what should be changed, why, and how it would benefit the game. I thought he was very well-spoken, did a great job at doing that. And I think as any content creator that has any kind of outreach for the game, I think it's important when these kinds of issues arise that we go out of our way to put some content out there to try and grab Bandai's attention you know, because I've talked about this before, but I will say I probably wasn't as aggressive about it as I should have been. Um, But if you listen to some of the older podcasts, we talked about it, how like, yeah, undefeated sucks and it shouldn't be there. But that was pretty much it. I was really focused that when Nats came around that they shouldn't be making changes like two weeks before a format, which I thought took precedence over this undefeated rule and the tiebreaker rules and everything. And then I also felt that, they shouldn't be releasing a set like literally the day before the largest event of the year <laughs> like, that's crazy like i still don't agree with it i still think it's very dumb but um like clearly a money grab by everyone involved so whatever but That's besides the point that's gone in past. So I think we need to focus our attention on, okay, like what are the biggest things going wrong in organized play and how do we increase, how do we improve the player experience, which I guess we'll start by talking about the undefeated rule. I'll be interested to hear your perspective on it, especially based off your last tournament. Uh, in my opinion, undefeated rules should not exist. It should have never been made. If you look at any major card game, it's never been a thing. Uh, Bandai made this rule to try and combat draws. There there were people complaining about draws in the game, um, and they felt that this was a way to combat it. If they made a play till the undefeated, um, as well as creating a new system of tiebreakers, they felt it would fix. That was the fix to the issue that was currently going on in organized play. Um, Clearly, that's not the case. Texas was proof of that. We had again there were two players, X1 who did not top, and it was solely because of this play till undefeated rule. It was a tournament that obviously needed another round. We can go all the way back to Nats and you can use the same thing. Like literally 40th, I think, place had the same record as 15th and 16th place. That's dumb. Why should that why should 40th place get zero prizing? Right? Like, Z, like they don't get top 32, they don't get top 16, but they did had the same exact results as 15th and 16th place who got basically thousands of dollars in prizing, right? Like with the metal card and the alt art. Uh, that's a slap in the face. You spend all this time testing, all this money traveling. You know, you do all this prep work, a lot, just time in general, like so much time involved. And it's like a slap in the face because of these poor rules. Have we had another round and they lost? Cool. You weren't worthy. (laughs) Like, right. You didn't make it. But if you win now, hey, you rightfully earned your top now. So it's just silly. That should have been enough right there for them to fix it. And there should have been more outcry right then, which there wasn't. But now that we have players going X1 and not topping, that's literally asinine. I think it has to change immediately. There needs to be a set number of rounds based off. The number of players in attendance to ensure that there is a proper distribution of placement. Um, But uh, what? How? How do you feel on it, Jay? Because maybe maybe you have a different perspective.
0: Uh, Yeah. So, like I said earlier, it I would have been the benefit of the one undefeated rule, and I hate that rule. I think it's an absolutely garbage rule, and I'm here to be aggressive because we need to be aggressive about this. Because we're an aggressive Uh, team. (laughs) That's the most (laughs) most, aggressive, most aggressive team in DBS, (laughs) baby. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> always always so i think that the rule is absolute garbage it needs to go um there's let the players decide like if you want to strive to be top 16 top 32 leave it in the players hands make them go out and yep. play the last yep. round and, and go get that win if they want it and russell Stelzer did everything in his power to get top 16 and just bubbled to 17th because of this garbage rule um <laughs> You know, it's, it, we could have ended the tournament around a early and I would have been the benefit of that. And I don't, I think it's, it's just bad for player experience. Yeah. Uh, you, you see people getting upset when they bubble out and they really shouldn't. I think if, if we had that one additional round, it gives the players an opportunity to go earn it one last time. Um, You know, tournaments are long. They're fatiguing. I think Nats is evidence of that. We were there for like 12, 13 hours, something like that. But at the end of the day, we're there for a reason. Let us go play the game. And I know a lot of players are going to agree with that. It's just, it's a bad rule. Um, Set number of rounds based on player attendance is the way to go. And I'm really happy that Fest at Texas, um, or uh, sorry, Fest at Miami switched it up to a set number of rounds. That was beneficial. And then they doubled back on it here in Kentucky. And I think that it was just made for a good player experience all around. Yeah,
1: everyone I've heard of, everyone I've heard talk about the set number rounds that that PPG did, like, kudos to PPG, they're doing it right. And they are proving to Bandai that, one, players like this, and two, it works. Like, sure, TOs might have to stay for an extra hour, but you know what you signed up for, like, come on. You know what you signed up for when you do this thing. You don't have plans that night, like... (laughs) Yeah. your whole day your whole night like it's off the books you're running the tournament and that's it and if you don't want to commit that kind of time then don't run the event like you chose to run the event right no one like bandai is not holding a gun to your head like run this event and stay the extra hour like you can say no i don't want to run the event then but realistically this is what the players need to have a proper experience
0: when they play the game um and to that point as well i also think that the the tos that are handling it Aren't being as efficient. They're not. They're not practiced enough to really make sure that it's not a very time-consuming ordeal between rounds. Like PPG, kudos to Patterson. Kudos to George Machado because when the round ended, it would be report post. We're on to the next round. Yeah, like they, it was that quick. There were people still packing up their stuff from their last round before pairings were announced, and yep. and it just kept moving. It was great. And if you want to be a TO and you're worried about that that extra hour of time just do better, honestly, because yeah. yeah. that's, that's the way to solve it. We didn't have a 10 to 15 minute lapse or a repair. We, we got it done. We did it right the first time and and they killed it.
1: <laughs> I feel like I'm back at my last job and my manager sitting me down going, let's talk about your time management,
0: right? <laughs> <laughs> For real though. Like if they just manage time better and, and we got out of there, I think we started at noon. We had to register by 1130 and then we were done by eight. I want to say, um, for yeah. eight rounds. Right. And it's just really, really good. Yeah. Yeah. They killed it. They absolutely killed it.
1: So yeah. Uh okay. So we're we're in agreement on that then. Um, that's good. So yeah, this this needs to be changed. And the here's the crazy part though, right? Like, I have never seen one person be like, Thank God we have a play till undefeated. Like, I'm so happy we have this play till undefeated I've like, if you're that person, please. Tell me, I, I would love to hear your perspective on why this is a good thing, but I've never heard it from any player. Like, I don't think in the history of me playing card games, I've ever seen players unanimously agree on a thing like this is nuts. No one agrees that play till undefeated is a good thing and no one else does this, but Bandai. So like Bandai, you'd need to change this. Like if I've got Bandai spies listening, if Bandai reps are listening to this, You need to change this like ASAP because people do not like it. Um, And ultimately you're going to lose the top competitive players and losing top competitive players in the game is way more detrimental than losing like a casual player because they're the ones that are driving out these crazy deck lists that all the casual players want to play. They're the ones who are defining formats. If you lose that whole group of players, there's not many of them, right? Like maybe a hundred. I don't know. Um you lose those players like that's so detrimental to your game from a competitive perspective Maybe it lives on casually like casual players definitely are the people who drive the sales, but These people are the ones putting all this time and investment into their game They're the ones that are making sure these events fire off because they're traveling bro. They're traveling everywhere. They're going they know if they get first place on some of these tournaments. They're losing money They just love the game. So like And this is such an easy way to appease them, improve the quality for everybody and keep play, keep your retention high, continue having these competitive players, grind this content, make these decks, put things out there to inspire more people to play. Like overall, it's just a good thing. So there's no reason why we should have this play to undefeated rule. Um,
0: Yeah. And, and I think you're going to alienate a lot of the content creators too, because a lot of the content creators double as competitive players, Joey, Aspira, like those guys can absolutely play this game at a high level. And if you start alienating them, they're going to look elsewhere and they're going to yep. stop creating content and pushing it and, and doing quality work to uh, promote the game more than a lot of times Bandai does themselves. So yep. it's it's a win-win if you just change the rule, listen to your player base hear what they have to say, and then make the adequate changes that they're looking for.
1: Yeah, and and Bandai is really lucky that we have this pool of content creators. I've never seen a competitive card game with this many solid content creators consistently putting out great content, not behind a paywall. Like... There's so much content you can absorb for this game and just jump right into and get competitive. You can go on Crossroads and learn everything in the format. You can go on Eggman and get every single deck list from like every tournament. Uh, You can go on like literally there's so many different channels out there. There's dozens and you just have all of the top performing decks. Like I heard someone talking the other day in another card game. There was an event that happened like three weeks ago. It was a huge event. They still can't even find any of the topping deck lists. Like, in Dragon Ball, we're complaining if we don't have them that night. Like, people are mad. They're like, yeah. where are the deck lists? Because we're, like, so privileged to it. And other card games are not like that. Uh, and These content creators for Dragon Ball either, we don't have the kind of reach that Yu-Gi-Oh! has. Like, you look at, like, content creators that are making money and like with Patreon accounts on Yu-Gi-Oh! that are successful. That's their full-time job. Like, they're making a bigger salary than any, like it's crazy how much money they're making. Like you, you can go look at their Patreon and look at how many subscribers they have in their lowest tier. Do the math of what the minimum they could make is. It's not hard to figure out. Like they have a full, which is good for them. Like That's great. You're putting out quality content, but Dragon Ball doesn't even have that to leverage in content creators to want to do it. We nope. have a very small reach. We're all just dedicated to the game and wanting to grow it. And you, they you just don't want to lose that. Like that's, that's invaluable to the game's success. So, Um,
0: Joey and like Joey's putting out 10 to 15 minute videos, five days a week. A spear is doing something similar. That's nuts. Um, like there's so many good quality content creators in this game, putting effort and time into it. Uh, when they have a cry for a change, you really should look into listening to them. And it's not just. Let's just say you lose Joey as a content creator, everyone in his orbit, you know, Mike, Jordan, Markle, so on and so forth, Frank Miller, those people are going to look a little differently at the game and whether they want to continue to play because now their buddies are gone and, and they're they're dropping the game. And that, that right there, you're losing, you know, you just lost Joey, you might lose another four or five players that are competitive, um, good. And then what about the 3,000
1: views he gets on yeah. every video? What about every one of those yeah. players when all of a sudden all of his content is my hero? or whatever the game that they go to is, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so I think we've I think we nipped that in the butt. Um, well, I'll pass it off to you. Did you have another talking point on something that you would like to see changed in organized play? Uh,
0: so I think TOs, I kind of touched on it with, with PPG. TOs need to be more efficient. We have a lack of really quality TOs in this game, and I know there's a lot of effort to do so. We need to support them and give them the tools to thrive. So with the Fest in Texas, they said it was a uh, a software issue where they couldn't report a double game loss. Uh, that's like that's got to be tested and, and put through and, and we can avoid an issue where there's a or there should have been a double game loss. And, and honestly, we got to revisit the rules on how that is going to play out uh, with possibly just dropping someone. And it's an intentional draw in the rule books. It's very clear. That's that's a disqualification. Um, And I actually got to speak with John Patterson a little more in depth. But as far as organized play, your biggest event of the year, Nationals, you really need to make sure that the first time people are judging isn't at Nationals. You should never have judges stepping on that floor as the resource uh, that they're supposed to be for the first time on the biggest stage because they got calls wrong then. So I think it, it really goes back to making sure that there's a good a a good judge program and that we can sol- we can solidify a good group of judges to make sure that we have knowledgeable people there that aren't going to mess up rulings and it's consistent across the board. So I think there needs to be a, a revamp of the judge program. And I checked the website it says it's coming soon, but it's been saying that for a while <laughs> yeah. now. So who knows <laughs> when soon, like define <laughs> soon for me and maybe I'll be a little happier. But yeah, I, Judging needs to be a li- like they have their discussion group, give them a solid backing, um, make sure that they have the resources they need to make the correct calls accordingly. And I, I talked to Patterson, too, on the Dragon Bullet. He would have ruled it uh, the way that the rulebook, like you, the way you had it, where it's a floodgate because. Yeah, that's
1: how the card should have got always worked. Exactly. So you. All right. I so think- like, I'm gonna go off on a tangent here, bro. It is please. wild for any judge to rule based off intent. That is literally yes. the worst thing you can possibly do for any target. I don't care. If anyone says I get to argue. Okay. Yeah, we're adults. We know how the card should work. doesn't matter. It's a slippery slope because now you put all the power in one person's hand to say, how do you feel this card works? What? What? Yeah. Bro, how do I feel the car? I, all right, I feel this card says I tap five and I win the fucking game. Like,
0: What it should never be open to interpretation. No. It should be very, very clear and defined.
1: It has to be rules as written, bro. Like imagine like you go rob somebody, right? And it's like, yeah, but I felt that it was okay because he needed the money for his family. So I'm a I'm a let him off. It's okay. Robbing for that person, he's allowed to do that. That's my ruling. That's how I feel about it like bro get out of here that sounds wild to me like I'll argue this point with anybody it has to be rules as written and we need quicker response times from Bandai if there's an issue then fix it right like if you're that judge and you're like okay this is how it should work then go do what you need to do to put out the errata talk to Bandai I get I'm sure it's a I'm sure it's a terrible process I'm sure it takes long I can't believe it happened as quickly as they made it happen kudos to everyone who was a part of that Like that was nuts. I was like, there's no way response time is going to be fast enough to get this done for the events. And they proved me wrong. I was like, damn, good for you guys. You did it this time. But rules have to be like, you have to rule cards as they are written and as they are processed in the rule book, right? Like treat it like a video game that you put through like a processor, right? Like if Dragon Ball is completely digital cards are not working off how someone feels. They're working on however the rules process through, however they created that program, right? How are they created the application? And if they created it correctly and all the rules process correctly, that car is going to work as a floodgate. Cause that's how it reads. And that's how the rules interpret that. Like, yeah. Okay. You can throw as many hissy fits as you want in the main group about how like, Oh, there's a period here. So let me do calculus and figure out why that changes the card. Like, bro, I don't huh. care. Right. Like, it doesn't uh, matter. I read the rules. This is how the card is interpreted. And if you can't understand that, I don't know what to tell you. You need to go talk to a judge that can explain it to you or read the rules again. So I've already explained it on the podcast. So if like you don't know what I'm talking about, I don't know what episode it is, but I don't know. I'm not going to explain it again. Either way, rules have to be made as they are written. Cards have to be ruled as they are written and how they are processed through the rules. There cannot be anything in between that any judge who does not do that should immediately be revoked as a judge they should not be allowed to they should not be allowed to judge whatsoever cuz that's ridiculous like imagine someone who isn't on social media right and they go to an event because they're like okay I actually understand how the rules in this game works so I put four of this card in my deck because it's the best card in the game and it's broken okay I should be able to use the card then imagine that judge saying, no, it doesn't work like that. And now you have four dead off color cards in your deck. Like that's crazy. Mm -hmm. Like that's crazy. Now, obviously this is an extreme example. It like, if you have any common sense, you're probably going to talk to the head judge first and know what you have played differently. But like regardless, it doesn't really matter because that's how the card works. But anyway, I'm going off on a tangent. I agree with you. Cars need to be ruled as written Judge program needs to be revamped and be able to introduce new judges, have regular testing to keep judges on top of their shit and be held accountable. And players have to understand that judges are human on the flip side. Like they are not going to rule every single ruling correctly. You will get bad rulings called against you because that is life. They are not machines. They cannot just process the rules like a machine would. There's going to be intricate situations. They're going to get it wrong at the highest level. If you watch sports, look at the Super Bowl. Refs get shit wrong all the time and they get paid way more than these judges do. Like, we can't help that, but we can do things to increase the quality, put out a better program, make sure judging aren't ba- ruling based off how they feel that day. They have to rule based on how written and that's it.
0: <laughs> did you create a podcast so you could rant because that Yeah. It's genius, I would.
1: Yeah, I did. I think I'll call it yeah. "Rant style.
0: <laughs> that's Sounds like a winner to me.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, I would love to argue with someone who doesn't agree with me because I feel very strongly. <laughs> not really, though. As you
0: should. Like, honestly, it, it seems like it's common sense. It's It's OK to make human error. But when reading is reading and interpreting a rule book is part of your job and you have the resources and the time to make a calculated decision. It's not like in football where you see something and then you have to explain what you saw. And you've that's you don't get to replay it like that's that's a spot decision that you need to make that decision. And it's a lot different. And when you have multiple resources to confer with and you still make the wrong decision like that's that can't happen.
1: Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree. And I think also what Bandai could do, like you said, is create resources for the judges. So when there are these situations, right, and there are more intricate things that judges may disagree on, they can have like some Bible, if you will, that says like, okay, this is this interaction, this is how it works. So all judges can be on the same page and they can refer back to whatever that resource is, right? Like we have the Q&A on the website, but maybe something a little bit more in depth that maybe judges have access to, like readily able to access during an event that maybe they can help them. And if a ruling, I, I don't know. Like there, there's a there's a million different ways to go about the logistics of this. But regardless, there there have been a lot of times where judges are not on the same page. So and that's not their fault though, right? Like they can't they can't help that they're working in a very flawed system with the cards stacked against them. Like that's on Bandai. Bandai needs to do a better job at organizing the judge program creating better resources for the judges and putting the judges who are actually ruling cards factually and very strongly put them in positions of leadership to lead the other judges and help them right like it just has to be a better system than what we got clearly because you hear things wrong all the time like this this wasn't the only issue we've had in the Dragon Ball Super card game Um, it's never going to be perfect but shouldn't we be striving for that like do do we just say okay well judges get it wrong sometimes so we don't need to fix anything that sounds crazy if I go to work tomorrow and I get some shit wrong and I'm like well you know I get stuff wrong sometimes boss that's crazy I'm probably gonna get slapped and I can't even file an assault charge right like that's nuts so I mean I could but I probably deserved it right so I don't know that's uh that's nuts there's a Will
0: Smith joke in there somewhere Um, I'm not gonna make it but there is one in there somewhere.
1: Did Chris Rock deserve it? Put put it in the comments below.
0: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Somebody tell me how to feel on that one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But uh, anyways. um, Yeah. So I agree. Judge, judge, judge program needs to be revamped. Shout out to all the judges, though, that are are doing their best. Right. Like we have a lot like. I don't want this to be taken as like we're shitting on all the judges because we have judges that put in a ton of work. Like I see Eric Thompson in their group, like every day answering every damn question everybody has with these, like for lack of better terms, his idiots trying to argue with him and trying to tell him that cards that clearly don't work that way work that way. And he's like very professional in his responses. It's just like, this is how it works. Here's the rule. They're like, no, it doesn't. Yes, it does. Here's the rule. Like 16-5, chapter five, line five, like he just... He puts got it, it out there. He's got it on
0: point. He's like, got, control F is worn out. That that guy searches all the mm-hmm, rules, and mm-hmm. and it's okay to like justify your reasoning and why you think this way. But when somebody as experienced as him comes down and says that's not how it works, just shut up. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Up.
1: Exactly. I'm like, I'm like. When it, yeah, so like they put up with a lot, so like kudos to them. Like they put up a lot, they do a lot That's for the real. community. Like Brian in our Discord, Hurricane GL, he's always in there answering all questions. Slammers isn't even a judge, but he's always in there. He should be a judge. He's very good with that Man, a
0: judge, no, we, you know, what new role, judge. Yeah. Uh, if, he's, if he doesn't have it, this man deserves it. He's put in more time than a lot of these judges do, and they put in a lot of time and they deal with a lot of crap from us players. Uh, it's gonna help the, the organized play experience. And retain your player base if you have adequate, consistent, and good judges. And the next time somebody says, well, I got an email from Bandai, yeah. and that's why this rule works this way, I will slap you.
1: <laughs> Lots of slaps this episode.
0: Oh, my God. Um, so aggressive.
1: <laughs> we are. <laughs> well, we've gone full circle. All right. So, but yeah, I think, I think we've hit that. I think we've hit that pretty good. So... Thank you to the judges who are putting up with working in a flawed system. Um, I hope that Bandai listens and provides you better resources and a better system. And for people like Slammers out there who are grinding as if they were a judge, I hope that this happens soon so you can become a judge because we need people like that in the game. I don't want some guy who got his like, you don't want me, bro. (laughs) Like I'm a judge. I'm 100% a judge. I can tell you right now, you do not want me as your judge. You do not you you call judge. You get me to your table. You're fucked. I'm pro. You got a 50 50 shot. I rule you correctly. <laughs> if it's some wild like intricate thing with periods and commas and yeah, I'm I'm just I'm gonna go off a whim, say some stuff. Hopefully it's right. Like
0: look at the leader, Mil Nemba, You're wrong. Yeah, Whatever it is, it's, you're yeah, wrong.
1: You're, you're like you're fucked immediately when I come over. Yeah. You're screwed. So, but I could judge if I wanted to. I'm technically certified still. I haven't taken the judge test since set one, but I'm a judge. Like that's crazy, right? There's no way Don't anyone should judge ever, money. no one should ever have me as a judge for their event. That sounds crazy. That sounds actually wild. So, I mean, maybe I do a better job than some, but probably not most. But if the prizing is good, like shit, if you want me to do it, I'll do it. Give me some of them judge like bro worlds. That's crazy. So like Bandai, your system is flawed. Judge program needs revamped. You can't have crazy off the wall prizing like you gave out for worlds, but you can't also have crap prizing that no judges want to participate. It's not like rocket science should be pretty easy to figure out a solid compensation system for judges where they're incentivized, but they're not plussing more than the person who literally won the event. That sounds stupid too. So like just literally think about what you're doing. There's a lot of ways to fix it, but do please do something because nothing has happened with Judge program in a long time. All right. I'm going to move us on to the next part. Uh, best of one pre side. I think best of one pre side was actually one of the things you got right. You tested it for fest. We have seen very positive player feedback to best of one pre side. It ran very smoothly. I haven't really seen any complaints about it. It's allowing events to run more quickly and it takes out the variance of just strictly B01 without your side deck. It does change the format some because decks that are more vulnerable to side deck cards that really rely on having a strong game one, maybe get a little bit weaker and maybe decks that didn't perform as well in those matchups or maybe certain control decks that really need access to certain cards in a matchup. Maybe they get a little bit of a buff. Regardless, it just is a better way of doing best of one. Best of one has way too much variance. Any best of one tournament should be best of one pre side. I get it that there's issues with cheating in webcams. Newsflash Bandai. There's cheating in IRL tournaments too. People are just idiots and don't know how to call it out. Uh, And people also sometimes just don't want to call a judge because they are too nervous, which I'm telling you right now, if you're a player, do not be nervous to call a judge. But regardless, people get nervous sometimes. People are intimidating. Like, I'm sitting across table from Mike, bro. I'm probably not. Calling. I'm all right, bro. You got it. Like, <laughs> <I'm sure>. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, you need to call a judge if you see cheating. But regardless, it happens. You can walk around and see people cheating. Like, come on, this. Haven't y'all heard of people? Like, I'm all right. I won't name. I was about to name a name. I won't name names. But you can easily go back to the history of Dragon Ball pre webcams and see known cheaters that cheated in IRL events. There are people who are banned for it. There are people who are caught and never penalized that still play the game currently regarded as top players. Uh, It's nuts, right? But they were proven to be cheating multiple times. Caught on stream. But for some players, for some reason, it's okay. But my point behind all this is cheating is going to happen with literally any card game, any competitive game you have where you can be compensated. If you can get some kind of monetary value out of it, people will cheat, steal, do whatever lie, so they can get the money, right? That's just part of it. Having best of on pre side does not impact that whatsoever. It doesn't like, sure. I can have multiple side decks laid out off my computer screen. Yeah. Like I could also just have cards off my screen anyways, right? That I could just pull at any time. It doesn't matter. You can come up with a million reasons of how to cheat or why to cheat, but if we take away Bessel and Pre-Side for that reason, I think you're doing a disservice to the game in a format that people actually truly love. Although cheating feels like it's rampant sometimes because the people who get called out. If it's two people out of a 200-man event, that's 1% we're cheating. All right, like whatever. I'm sure 1% of the players at Nats were cheating. I'm sure 1% of the players in Lily, every fest were cheating. Like It just is the nature of the game. That's just how it runs. So... In my opinion, it's a fine format. It keeps games quicker. It's more fun. It has less variance, which anyone who plays competitive games wants always less variance and more skill. So we should definitely move forward with best of one pre-side. And T.O.s should like it because the problem we talked about earlier with events running too long, they won't run as long, right? You can do like 35 minute rounds and 5 minutes of OT. That should be perfectly fine. 40 total minutes to finish one game. Like Best of threes are 60 minutes because your average is 20 minutes a game, right? So 40 minutes for one? Come on. You should plenty be in there. That should be plenty yep. of time. Um, you need to call, judge on your opponents for slow playing if you're still going to time or you yourself need to play faster. That That's like the only two things about that. Um, but yeah, I think that that should definitely happen. However, should only be for regional events and below. We should never have best of one pre-side for Nats, worlds, anything like that. Those should always be strictly the highest level of competition should always be the highest uh basically the the format that rewards the most skill, right? Which is always best of three is always king. Like there's no no argument made about that unless all right. Sure, you can make my argument best of five. Like best of seven, obviously, sure, whatever. But don't that's not ideas. gonna happen. Don't
0: do that. <laughs> don't do that. Please don't. Next thing you know, they're gonna be they're gonna skip past everything well, like, we epic, just said in the like, last segment and they're gonna go best of five. That's what they yeah, want. Yeah, yeah, no. Give it to them.
1: But like I think it's epic, the card game epic in like their worlds. Like when you get to like the top eight, it switches to like best of five or seven or some like crazy shit, which I think is actually pretty cool. And like each like set of like each game is like a different format. Like they do like a sealed and like all these different forms. It's actually pretty cool. Like they try and do the most, like the biggest skill test possible for the players at that Mm -hmm. event. So like, that's pretty neat. Right. But regardless, best of three has to be intact for the highest level competition, but regionals, IRL regionals, webcam regionals, anything below that store champs, best of one pre side, I think is the way to go.
0: Yeah. Without question. I think it also kind of balances the dice roll. So when you lose dice roll, there are some decks where you just lose. I think going going and being able to best of one pre-side gives you that little offset where you might be able to survive and change up your deck list enough to to be able to go second. So I think it does benefit that. I also think, like you said, you can shorten tournament times with players being able to adapt their deck lists and play it a little bit differently if need be. Um so I think it just benefits everyone of the player base, but I completely agree uh best of three for Nats for any of the highest level ones because it's just you gotta you gotta make sure your best players are the ones that are winning this event, the ones that play best at this moment. And you gotta take as many variables out of there uh like a dice roll um being a deciding factor out of out of the out of the bigger tournaments whenever possible. So I think that that's absolutely a good idea uh, to move forward. Yep.
1: Yep. I agree. Um, okay, cool. So yeah, so best one pre side, please. It went well at Fest, Bandai, like give it to us. <laughs> like make me not sit in my room for eight hours for a webcam regional. make it only five hours. That will be phenomenal. If I can that'd sit cool in my rate. room from 11 to four and have my whole night, that'd be Fantastic.
0: Um. and and to double back on the whole cheating thing uh I wasn't so sure that I was being cheated in my Kentucky tournament but after talking to somebody who had a some, the same opponent uh now I'm sure that there was cheating IRL so again just doubling back on that point it happens in both scenarios whether they get called out for it is is completely up to the player base and and frankly you're doing a disservice to your other players if you don't call it out um so I'm I'm not gonna name names uh I'm not gonna not going to go ahead and slander this person because i can't confirm it but after speaking to somebody who had the, the same opponent i'm like 95 sure that there was irl cheating so yeah. um a again, lot, a lot of no players cheat 95%.
1: like no oh, it's absolutely none. and a lot of it is soft cheating like very small things that like you have yeah, to really look closely or like even like little things like looking at the bottom card of your deck when you shuffle that's cheating right like that you should not have knowledge yep. to the bottom card of your deck Why well, i see people do that all the time people will be like oh you, like, bro, you just looked at a card. Like, come on.
0: Yeah. If you're playing Majin Vegeta, you tap one, look at the bottom card of your deck. Boom. Now you know what it is. Yeah. And you know what? You get that benefit because it plays. Um, Yeah, that's definitely something that's that's you got to address it. And uh, ironically, he was wearing headphones they were around his neck, though, but he was wearing headphones when it happened. So I was like, uh, uh... it's poetic. It's so poetic. <laughs> <laughs> I love
1: it. Oh man. Oh man. All right. So um yeah. Agreed. Um, okay. So that was, did you have another point you wanted to make?
0: No, we we crushed it. Um yeah, let's keep it rolling.
1: Okay. Uh I before we finish up, I want to talk about overtime. Um I think that for one, in best of three events, you need to allow players to have turns in game two. It's ridiculous that you don't the match is not over you're in a game and you're in overtime anyways what is the point of not allowing them to play the last 3 turns right like that's that's nuts that's actually nuts and the real reason is because they don't want draws right so like if we play turns the other player wins they didn't win game 1 and you start sideboarding and then over overtime it has to end then then it has to be a draw because the only way to get a draw is if you are sideboarding and setting up while going into game three that's the only way to get a draw right now and they don't want draws so that's the real reason why they did it which brings me to my second point you need to just allow draws draws are in almost every game it doesn't matter if I'm 6-0 let bro let me draw I fucking earned it right like I don't know. I don't think it's that big of a deal. I think the people that are mad about it are usually the people who aren't going to top anyways. Like they're they're the yeah. people that are trying to bubble in. If you're trying to bubble in, you might as well consider yourself not topping. Like that sounds crazy. It, it reminds me back when I w- would compete in martial arts tournaments. Um, I've competed the most in like submission wrestling events like Brazilian Jiu Jitsu events. And people all the time get mad over points. I was like, yeah, but you could have just submitted the guy. Like why, why did you leave it in the judge's hand to determine mm-hmm. whether you were mounted this person for enough seconds to get your points for securing the position? Maybe you should have just beat him, right? Like Maybe you shouldn't have left it in the judge's hands. Same thing with professional fighters. They want to complain over split decisions. Maybe you should have just won the fight, bro. Like Maybe yeah. you should not have just let all the time run out. Maybe you should have been more proactive in trying to win. Same thing applies to Dragon Ball. Like, if I, I don't know. I think like If you do well enough that you draw and you can make it the top cut, like, why would you? That sounds dumb, right? Like, I don't know. That's, I feel like I'm usually in the minority for this. But when you can't, granted, they did change the rules to enforce it. So whatever. But I think that the rules are trash for determining the winner of a game. Like, rules are actually trash because there's no, there's no good rule. There's no good tiebreakers in Dragon Ball like cards and like, you know, cards in life cards. In, there's decks that have to take their own life. So, okay, you're just screwed. And then, you know, cards and deck, okay. There's cards that draw more. And if I'm drawing more, I'm tech probably like traditionally playing Dragon Ball. I'm playing better than you. Cause I have more cards in my hand. Uh, You know, battle cards on board. Some decks just don't build a board like that. Like other decks can. If I'm playing it's AOD, like, damn, like screw me, right? I'm losing on yeah. get to that tiebreaker. Uh, I could be beating the hell out of him. He just summons a million people. Ah, uh, that sucks. Blue deck just plays. A, like, do I just side in Obuni so I can tap four in a blue deck? So I have more battle. Like, like, it's just like, there's no good tiebreakers in Dragon Ball. Like there just won't be any. So that's just more reason to not penalize a player. Just let them have a draw. I don't, I personally don't think it's that big of a deal if the rest of the rules are structured correctly, draws were a problem because the rules were not structured correctly and they were ending tournaments too early. We can avoid all this. If you just have a proper setup, like almost every other major card game. Um, but yeah, so I think that we should always have turns in game two. There should be draws and the tournament format should just support it. So that way people don't get screwed and bubble out with are like X one. Um, like what happened in Texas? Um, it also
0: encourages slow play. So if you've won game one, you just slow play game two. So <laughs> yeah. it's time. Like, I know I know people who literally did that. And I had two guys that came down with us to Kentucky that had a draw around one. And you sit there and look at them in the face and go, how did you do that? Like, what? Why? Like, so either you're scumming, you slow play them, or you take a draw. And, and it's a lose-lose regardless. But kind of to your point, just play the game, let it play out how it's supposed to play out. And at yeah. the end of the day, just let it fall. Cause if I'm King cold and I'm going against a deck that wants to stay at a higher life, I'm trying to win the game actively win the game, but I have to take my life in order, in order to do so to get awake and to do all this stuff. But don't punish me for trying to win the game when somebody else is just sitting on their hands, trying not to lose the game at yeah. that point, which is absolutely garbage. And and to your point, the like mixed martial arts, don't let it go to the judges yep. win the game. Yep. Play faster. Know your deck. If you are, if you put the reps in to get to a nationals or even a regionals, uh, you should know what your deck does enough to play it relatively quickly. I
1: said this every time this topic comes up. Mike and I both played the slowest deck in Dragon Ball at Nats and had no issue finishing whole matches. <laughs> no issue. Mike finished more than me. And I can tell you right now, it was all my opponent. And I'm not getting the argument over, okay, they have more play lines to pick. Bro, you got three attacks. Attack, play some cards, past turn. Like, get out of here. You're at Nats. If you can't play at that level, don't be here. Like (laughs) And you know it's going to be a deck. Right. But it sounds aggressive, but we're at Nats. Like, cut the bullshit. You know how to play Dragon Ball if you're here. If you don't, why are you even playing? Right? So it's like, play your deck, play quick, and get, like, keep things moving. Um, And I had no issues. I had no issues. The only time... I went to time was because my opponent allowed it and I had already won game one. I was like, sure, bud, you can take 10 minutes to figure out your turn. That just means I definitely win now. Um, so yeah. And moving us into the topic of slow play, that was the last point that I had to talk about. Slow play is a very interesting topic to me because it is something that we have no way to quantify. There is no ruling on what is slow play. And I think the reason is that is because it's a double-edged sword. If you make a rule and quantify it, it's like opening up Pandora's box because now you have people that will push it to the limit. Like if you say, okay, slow play means taking more than one minute per action. Well, now you have people that will just do random actions, right? And wait 59 seconds and make their next action and make it impossible for my opponent to ever call me out for slow playing. But I could just have a bunch of cards that have like activate main for free. Wait fifty nine seconds. Attack. Trigger auto. Wait fifty nine seconds. Draw. So like that's Do that. flawed.
0: Do that against the most aggressive team and see how that goes.
1: <laughs> you know, but like that's a, that's a flawed system, right? So then it's like it okay, is. you can put how many minutes per turn? Okay, well if you say three minutes, okay, well like what if I was actively doing things and my deck just has a million things on my turn, like back in like storm format, right? Like a turn could take forever. They probably weren't slow playing. They were probably just playing the game. It just took a while to resolve every effect, every attack, and keep cycling through everything. So it's like, how do you accurately define slow play in a means that you can call a judge? I don't know if there's a correct answer. Um, I would so love tough. it if there was one, but it just like opens up this like can of worms. But then it's also on the flip side, how do you enforce it? Because if I call a judge for slow play, right? All right. Like, say you call a judge for slow play on me. Judge comes over. Judge, you a slow playing. No, I wasn't.
0: Good. It's like, resolved. Do do? Perfect. They like, walk away because they have another judge call. Yeah, it's wild. And, like, and I, I think you can eliminate know. certain things. Hang like, on.
1: I just messed up my headphones.
0: <laughs> oh, way to go.
1: I hit my, uh, I hit my cord out of the headphones. I can't hear you. <laughs> Hello? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. All Nailed right. it. But uh, but yeah, it's like a he said, she said kind of thing with slow play. So like, I probably shouldn't even say this, right? Because now slow players are like, oh, I have the out, right? There's a lot of things I don't talk about publicly on how the rules are flawed because I don't want people to abuse them. Um, someone abused the rules at Nats versus Mike and like clearly was cheating in a way that the rules allowed him to cheat. Like judge was there and everything like it was ridiculous. It was absurd what happened, but this person found out a way to abuse the rules. If he was about to lose the game. Um, And I, I won't say any more on that. If you ask about it, no one's going to say anything about it because literally I do not want people to learn about this flaw in the system. And it's almost the same thing here. Like I probably shouldn't even have said that. Cause now if people do want to slow play now, they know to use the, he said, she said argument. Right. Yeah. So it's just like, it's so subjective and it's like, how do you enforce subjective rules? I, I don't know. Like, yes, call if your opponent's is cool, So playing call a judge, but it's like, it's just tough. It's very, very, it's hard very to tough to enforce. Same thing with draws. Like before these rules, draws were never okay in Dragon Ball, but we always had them because you can't enforce it. You can't tell me that I have to attack someone's leader and progress like that way. You can't tell me that. I can say, no, my strategy right now is not attack. I don't want to give him a card. You can't argue that logic with me. And yeah. you can't tell them that art that, and if the judge starts saying that the logic is wrong, now that judge is giving a player tips. The judge cannot be doing that either. The judge can't help a player.
0: I think there's a way that you can police slow play without addressing the actual actions of the game. Um, so I've seen people who take your, let's say your deck searches top five after a leader swing. Searching top five, shuffling your deck. It does not take you two minutes to shuffle your deck. Get it, shuffle it, let me cut it, let's move on. Uh, Similarly, I know there was one player, and if you're listening to this, you know exactly who you are, (laughs) that would take their life. Yeah, well, they they would innocently, and they've even said as much, they would innocently slow play by taking dice and rolling them to determine what life they're going to (laughs) take. Grab a damn life. Grab the yeah, fucking light. Let's move along. And they and they've even laid it out judge. like, oh yeah. I, <laughs> absolutely. Like, don't. Like, w- take a life. Why are we doing this? Why is there like this dice game that we're going on alongside of this Dragon Ball game? Don't do that. Play the damn game. Let's move along.
1: Yep. Yep. No, I agree. And like, yeah, call like call it out every single time. It's just there's flaws in the system of slow play. Yep. And then on the flip side, I think if you're too harsh about it, you can penalize players who really weren't slow playing. You know, then you have like that side of it too. It's, it's a very way more complex issue than people make it out to be a slow play. So I don't, I don't know what the fix is. I would love there to be some way to time it and quantify it objectively. Maybe someone smarter than me can figure it out, please. I don't know what it is, but like, I don't know as a community, hopefully we can just continue to push the idea of having like actual integrity and just playing Dragon Ball proper without slow playing people. But anyways, not to go away from the main point, I think the main point of this that we talked about just to summarize, we should never have played till undefeated. It should be set number of rounds based on players and based on players that needs to be heavily like analyzed. I have it on the math. I don't know the correct amount, but I know in the past it has not always felt correct. Like it has, even in the past, we had set number of rounds. It felt like maybe we should have had one more So like that needs whole system needs to be revamped and addressed effectively with people who have experience, like real experience running tournaments with proven with a proven track record of positive player experience. That's who needs to be consulted when they're making these decisions. Uh, Best of one pre side should be here to stay for all regional events and below. Please take best of one without a pre side just completely away. No one wants it. Um, There's too much variance. It's just silly. Uh, IDs are fine. Let people draw if they want to because you can't enforce it and just fix the rules to cater back to the format where we're playing a set number of rounds. We can go and reverse everything. We'll have a better play experience. Um, and if you don't want to, that's fine because maybe the majority of players don't agree with me. You don't have to agree with me. Uh, but that's what I would like. And then, regardless, we should have turns in game two. And. We need to have a system to call out slow play. And as players, we need to call out slow play when we see it, when we know it's malicious. Um, I think that's anything I missed.
0: Bandai, give us more events. Webcams yeah. fine. At least we can police cheaters by having webcams that are Bandai, and, let me, and uh, bro,
1: Bandai, I am probably the only person who could run a tournament in a level three discord server. Like, let me do it. I will not. I will not let any of the people I've banned in. So that's if that's, uh, if, if that's, that's a, most uh, of the
0: cheaters, <laughs> <laughs> most of the outed cheaters.
1: Yeah. So like if uh, if that's an issue, I get it. Like, sure, I can't be a T.O. But if you're OK with that, Bandai, well, you know, let me run an event. Uh, but I will not go back on people that we banned. banned. Um, but yeah, I would love to Right? like it's crazy to me that people have discord servers that are not level three that are running tournaments. I think that should be a minimum requirement to make sure you had the best play experience possible. Um, but yeah, agreed, agreed, agreed. It's not like a
0: it's not a huge investment either for them. like no, it's not a boost is what, four or five bucks? Yeah, and and Discord,
1: uh Discord actually lowered the amount you need. I think it's only 14 boosts now. It used to be 30. Yeah, like
0: 14. It used to be 30. Completely feasible, especially if you're a TO who's running weekly tournaments for various different games. There's no reason why you shouldn't have a level three boosted server, give everyone the ability to play games without any streaming issues, give it priority. Yep. There's no reason not to.
1: Yep, I agree. I agree. Okay, all right. Well, I think we did a good job at summarizing this hopefully. Um I don't I we may have not been as professional as Joey, but <laughs> I think we got some good points across. So, hopefully everyone enjoyed that. Let's uh, hop into results of training.
0: Results of training.
1: All right. so for results of training I will just quickly give you the tournament report from the Comet Kings case tournament I played blue baby. Uh, baby is amazing right now Uh, I think I have finally gotten it to a point took me a lot longer than Mike did But Mike Mike has been helping me. I got it to a point where it can keep up with kp just fine Uh, it's I think it's a top tier deck. I think it's I think it's a top tier deck like Everyone defines tiers differently. So Please don't hit me with the arguments about tiers. I really don't care. They're subjective and don't matter. I'm just trying to say I think it is very, very powerful. I think it can hang easily with pretty much almost every deck in the format. Uh, My tournament report, I game one versus Mill Nemba. (laughs) I don't know why people are playing Imagine. them. All right, to be fair, this <laughs> this was this was a local buddy of ours, Alan, and he has not even played Dragon Ball in a minute, and just like threw Numba together because he saw people playing it, and was like, "Sure, I'll play." It was we had we had a fun time. Uh, he actually got a game off me because I he milled my Turning the Tide, and he need Turning the Tide to to put the cards back in your deck. So uh, he he mailed me out of that game, and then game three. I won. We we were in time, and I did more damage than him. Uh, Game. Imagine
0: almost losing to Mill Numba. Couldn't be me.
1: Yeah, it felt terrible. I was like, oh my (laughs) god. Like,
0: he hit you with the old. What do you don't have
1: seventeen, or they have Jiren? Uh, because I don't play like baby Unison and baby anymore. So like, they have Jiren, or I don't see seventeen. They mill it. I'm like, damn. I, I, you probably just do lose that matchup. Like. But I'm not siding for, for Milnemba. I'm just completely disrespecting it every time. So anyways, uh, the next round I play against Red U7 Goku. Um, honestly, it's I've never lost a match to U7 Goku. Um, I will say I came the closest I ever did to dropping a game. Uh, Playing as baby, but you have dirty bursts to stop their eight drops from swinging. You have every floodgate in the world Vegeta ready to rumble gets around the um, Vegeta resolve renewed Um, You you just have kind of like every answer They can't attack through ready to rumble because then they don't have access to the cards They need their bombs or they can play without their bombs, but then their deck sucks. So like it's just not a good time for them Um, I milled them out and that's pretty much how that match went This poor, this poor guy, I felt bad for him. He had to play Mike right after me, who was also playing Mm through baby. So he went, he went for, and what was even worse was I went for the mill, but Mike went for the kill. So he was like, oh, I know how to play against this deck now. So he was playing specifically to not get milled out. And then Mike just killed him with kale, both games. And I was like, this poor guy. (laughs) This poor this poor poor guy. Like it literally doesn't matter what you do as baby. You just win. I don't know. It, it's a really bad matchup for Ready7. Um, and then round three. I played against SS4 Vegeta. I lost. SS4 Vegeta, I think, does get the better of Baby because they can ramp. Like you can burn through negates depending on your hand, but sometimes you just don't have the early negate. Like game one, I just didn't have my like didn't, didn't have my revenge big bang. So I was like, damn. All right. Guess his attacks going through. And um, yeah, they're able to ramp and then you have to choose. Do you want to play around turning the tide or do you want to play around tragedy overground? You Can't play around both at the same time because they're opposite strategies. One builds a board, one does not. So it's just, a, it's just a tough matchup with at least the build I have for baby again, because I'm not playing baby unison, it might be stronger with baby unison because then you have access to the free uh, baby Avengers, but across the format, that unison is not very good for baby right now. You just don't need it. Boo unison is way, 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 way stronger. Um, so yeah, I got clapped. I, I expected to get clapped. I also did not even side Jiren because I was completely disrespecting the matchup. I didn't. I literally sided nothing for SS4. So I went in knowing I'd probably lose that matchup. So it's fine. Uh, last round, I played against another Red U7 Goku and it went exactly like the first match. Uh, it's just easy. Easy. <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's an easy match. Um, so yeah, we I topped. Mike also topped. We both topped a blue baby. Um, and then Sean won the whole event, went undefeated with Yellow Sin. We always split. Like, I we I don't think we've ever played out for maybe one time we played out at a case tournament. Like, we're all friends, like so top eight just kind of you get your two and a half boxes and call it a day. So, anyways, that was my tournament report. Those are my results. Also got a shout out pro Mats. Uh, the segment always brought to you by pro mats. They have the best mats in the game. Go check them out. Promats-customs.com. The, uh, the cloth mats are in production. So everyone who pre-ordered them, I appreciate that. They will be getting to you hopefully pretty soon. I'm hoping to have them within the next couple of weeks. And as soon as I have them, obviously they'll get shipped to you. But I'm pumped to see those. But yeah, if, uh, if you need one, again, check them out. He's got all kinds of different designs. He just dropped, I think, a new Broly design. And it was fire. It looks so nice. So. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely, definitely show him some love or if you need a hermit style pro mat, I do still have rubber ones available. Just DM me, um, just should be a message. I'll hook you up. So, uh, anyways, any results of training you would like to talk about Jay? Uh,
0: so we went through my Kentucky. I'm not going to double back on that. Um, basically I want to go ahead and redact something we, or I guess run back a bit of information we went over earlier this week. If you're a patron, you know that we did a live stream where we went ahead and just took some questions, just talked about the game in general, and uh, we ranked blue decks. And in retrospect, and thinking about it a little bit more in depth, I put Soul Striker ahead of Baby. (laughs) You're an idiot. That's wrong. That's wrong. So the rationale behind it is, Blue baby just has a better red matchup. And I think that right there is enough. I am not losing to soul striker as a KP or u seven player. I am beating the dog shit out of you on repeat. By the time turn three turns around, you're not having a good time and you better have hoped to have seen your unison. Otherwise you just lose baby yeah, can that. actually sustain past believe past, you know, past the turn three, four and see the later game where they actually have a chance to win. Soul striker just doesn't have that. Yeah. And, uh, is easily the better of the two decks, so, uh, um, going back to the just the best blue decks, definitely baby. Uh, I it, do it, think
1: SS4 is very very strong. Oh though. I was I was I was yeah. very conflicted on whether to play baby or SS4. My determining factor was I no longer own a playset of UI Kamehamehas. so I was like, oh, I'm just gonna play baby. <laughs> but I, I do think SS4 is very very strong. Uh, very very close to baby. I think they're both. I will play both of them over Soul Striker though.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't think that there's any real debate in my mind now. And uh, I apologize for leading everyone astray. So
1: I'm telling you, I'm atoning every time we say baby is a deck. We're not lying. Like when we did it the first time, no one believed us. All of a sudden, me and Mike just sweeping every tournament like like it's nothing going XO X1 every time. This time, baby is a deck. Like, I don't know. It's nobody listens. Yeah, I, I will say it's definitely nothing like it was last time. There are a lot more outs to it, and it is much more difficult to play. So like, it's not like it's like the best deck like back then. Yeah, like baby baby was probably the best deck then. Now it's much more difficult, but it's still it's still amazing, very strong.
0: But yeah. it has a good red matchup, and that goes a long way in this current format. Yeah, I think baby is a, a fine choice, and if you have everything to to play baby, do it.
1: Yep yep nope
0: it's you don't a have deck. to play like heavy mill either that's the thing like you can play it the more attack style uh for the late game with the 17 you don't have to necessarily just play a mill deck as baby so there's yep. a lot of ways you can build it but it's versatile
1: and people always ask like like oh, i want a budget deck to play right like you look at kp and it's so expensive with all these tps we're back i feel like it's like deja vu i'm like you just play baby bro it's not that expensive <laughs> like It's not not that revenge big bangs have come down baby hatches are down below 200 right now for the re version I think they're at like 170 180 I'm sure you could talk someone down to like 150 in the groups or like a private sale. That's nothing for a playable SCR Um, But yeah, it's a great deck in my opinion budget friendly It's very easy to play The only thing you really have to grind is KP and learn how to play against that matchup The rest of it is pretty straightforward it's just a fun deck, man. I don't know. I, I like it. So if you want to play a blue control deck, baby is a great choice. And I'd say Soul Striker is like. I don't think Soul Striker is bad by any means. Um, I just would. Oh, I'd always play Baby over it. I'm not. I'm just not gonna play Soul Striker.
0: Soul Striker just doesn't have a good red matchup. That's literally yeah. the entire rationale for my my debate now. Yeah. My switch that's, up. Even. That's fair.
1: That's fair. All right. So um, cool. That wraps up results training. Let's finish this up with Minaka.
0: I got a special order on a pallet of sweets for Jocko. Wait, aren't you Monaka? Monaka's delivery service. Delivery
1: service. All right, so we will do this one pretty quick. We'll do uh, we'll do two questions here. We'll do two questions. Uh, first one. <laughs> I just want to say this one because it's funny and everyone laughed reacted it from "Washed in the Grand Tour," <laughs> Eric. <laughs> Uh, he said, have you ever stepped into the grand tour and then he put grand tour, grand tour in parentheses, like the GT theme song. Uh, yeah, Eric, I will say majority of Hermit style has stepped into the grand tour and I have a feeling it's all I'll be playtesting against in the near future.
0: <laughs> I'm going to tell you a very brief story. Um, I spent 31 years on this earth without realizing that GT stood for Grand Tour. Oh, yeah. Until last weekend. And uh, (laughs) I had an epiphany. It was a moment while I was driving where I just considered everything in life and whether it's been factual or a lie. So uh, there's me learning things, even still.
1: (laughs) There you go. I've seen Uh, the way. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next question uh, we'll take from Leon, a patron, um, which... If you guys are not already, uh, feel free to check out the hermit style. Patreon have a lot of cool content up there. We have deck play guides. If the baby deck interested you, I regularly post every update I make to baby with a full, like, I don't know how many word article, probably 5,000 words there. I go in on them. I talk about like every single matchup, sideboarding strategy, curves, average energy costs of decks, all kinds of stuff, but I have a full baby play guide. Uh, We've got Zach just posted up a great priest play guide for more fun deck. Um, So we, we cover a lot of different content in there. We offer coaching um, and we're doing live streams. I believe John Carlo is going to be doing a live stream soon for the Patreon. Uh, But yeah, all kinds of stuff, coaching deck doctors, check it out. If you really want to elevate your game or get access to more competitive content or just learn more about what the a team for hermit style is doing. Uh, You will get that when you join. And um, I try and give as much value as I can. So like if you have a question or just something you want to know or content you want to see, put it in there and I usually will do everything I can to get that to you. So we we do a lot for our patrons and uh, a lot of, like I said, a lot of our team is involved in making content for it. So uh, feel free to check that out. It supports the podcast. It supports the team so we can keep doing what we do and keep delivering like this quality kind of content. Um, but yeah, so anyways, Leon said, <laughs> he said, this one's for Jimmy. Give me five solid reasons as to why someone who does not play RPG style games should play Elden Ring. <laughs> I had to answer this. All right. So you're talking to me because like before I played a Dark Souls game, I was not into games like like I played RPGs, but nothing like this. Like this, this takes RPGs to like the next level. Um You know, like when Skyrim was out, like Skyrim was not for me, like that style game, like um, the Scrolls games, like not for me. Um, All right. Elden Ring, five solid reasons. Reason number one, it is incredibly fun to play with friends. Incredibly fun to just walk through a level with friends, all experiencing the level for the first time. Incredibly fun. You'll just be walking around and all of a sudden a random dragon the size of like 30 of you just flies down and just starts breathing fire on you and you all have to fight it. And you're all yelling, going crazy, trying to figure out what the hell to do. Um, So that's the first reason. Incredibly fun to play with friends. Uh, Second reason you can play the game literally any way you want to. So you can play with any different kind of build and cater your character to that. You don't just if you're a person who wants to like grind out and max stats to be efficient, you can. If you're someone who wants to play more aesthetically like me, you can run around with a pumpkin head and a vest that looks like you're in Hogwarts and a samurai sword and, you know, just do your thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you can play it literally any way you want to. Uh, Third reason you will like never run out of stuff to do. There is so this Like the world is probably the biggest world I've ever played in in a video game for like a console. It's crazy Uh, number four uh, Let me think number four It's very difficult. I enjoy a challenge if you do not enjoy challenging games It's probably not for you unless you have two friends who are really good at it because they can just carry you Uh, But if you don't have that and you don't like challenges, it's probably not for you, but I don't like a game like like Pokemon RCS is fun, but I've I've I still haven't beaten it because I lost interest in it because it's not challenging at all. Like it's literally not challenging in the slightest. It's cool you go around collect the Pokemon, do your thing, but like it is not a hard game. Very easy. It's made obviously catered to kids. Um, Elden Ring very very challenging. It will be challenging, especially if you've never played a Dark Souls game. It'll be even more challenging. So, uh, reason number five. I mean, there's so many reasons. I guess the next one. It would have to be a tie between like just the overall graphics, like all these different cool things you get to experience different uh, parts of the world, but also just the fact that you. um, You can like you really have the decision to make your own choices. Like there was this NPC character in the game and I wanted his armor. And like, I have no idea if this messed up a plot line, but I just killed the dude. I was like, you got to die. I need your armor. So I killed him, <laughs> took his armor and it's sweet. his Ronin armor. I said, oh my God, I needed that. So, you know, you make your own choices and then you just deal with how, wh- however that impacts the game. Like every choice you make can impact the game and give you a different player experience, which means doing a rerun to the game is like really fun because you can get a different experience every time you play it. There's five reasons, Leonard. Got it. Frosted I didn't it. know if I would get there on the fly, but we did it. Play Elden Ring. It's the best game ever made. I love it. I'm probably going to play it tonight and stay up too late. But yeah. <laughs> Anyways, I just bought
0: it, so uh, that'll be happening for me too. Can't wait. Yeah.
1: Hell yeah. Another one. Alright. <laughs> We're going to wrap this up guys. Thank you again for listening. I do want to shout out Luis King of Music, who is a patron. He is a subscriber to the Patreon. Um, I appreciate you. I always try and shout out the patrons that support, so um, yeah, shout out to you. And he's like, He oh, I have to give him a huge shout out because he passed me in the Discord. He is the first person no way. to ever pass me. He is rank one in the Discord. So I said, The Discord is yours, bro. <laughs>
0: About to Zeno snap this whole thing, start all over.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, he is, he's the first person to ever pass me in levels, and I did not think he could do it, but hey. Guy he
0: grinds. He grinds it like we he grind Elden it. Ring. He did it, bro. So, yeah.
1: So double shout out to Luis, the freezer god. Um. Yeah. I'll give you a quick snippet before we end too. I know a lot of people enjoyed Winter League when we did the whole Pokemon style league in the Discord playing Dragon Ball. Summer League is in the works. I will be announcing that within the next two weeks. Brant, new confus, working really hard on it, and it will be Yu Gi Oh themed. So it's gonna be like uh. Season one of Yu-Gi-Oh! where they're like at the... Starships. Uh, yeah. yeah. Like that that kind of whole style. So that, that will be the inspiration for Summer League. So be on the lookout. We're hoping to start sometime in May, I think. So that should be really fun. But anyways, that's it. Jay, any last words?
0: Uh, shout out to Brie uh for saying that shout-outs are dumb. They're not dumb, so shout out to her. And then uh yeah. Shout out to the team, shout out to you. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it.
1: A lot no of fun. No problem. No problem. That was, <laughs> that was a good shout-out. Alright, guys. We will see you next time. Bye, Manscaped. Yeah, I got the real on my back every
0: day. I got shit